Okay, we're not in. Okay, just tell me go when we go. Oh, are we going? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Great star, people. Hello, everyone. And welcome once again to What's the Damage companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular Real Play D&D show, Roll for Damage. Um, shorter note this week on Real Life before we dive in and get fully nerded out. We're going back to our normal programming more or less this week, um, but we will have the same Black um, Lives Matter card that we had replacing our intro last week, but at the end of this time. So that will now be replacing our um, thanks for watching card. And we will have that up with rotating links every week for the foreseeable future until there's meaningful police reform in the United States, essentially. That's a very um, small show of support on our part, but we the network do feel that it's important to acknowledge that this is an ongoing struggle and will be probably for a while. Um, yeah, but now on to the nerdy shit. Last episode, the party finally came face to face with the dragons, part of Dungeons and Dragons. Then everyone has some cool visions, some more fun visions, really tripping out this week. Um, so this week we'll talk about that, all the other exciting stuff that happened last week um, on Friday's game. And then we're going to be doing a deep dive this week on alignments, a fraught topic sometimes and a fun topic as well. Um, so thank you to Sunbird who composed our music and to Lady Meows who designed our logo. You can find their info on our Twitch page. I'm your host, Truth Fenson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. With me today, we have Jake, who plays the wonderful Oriana, return guest. We have Chad, who plays the amazing Quinn. And for the first time, very excited, we have our DM, Serenity, here to talk to us about what goes on behind the curtain. Um, so guys, what's the damage? You guys fought a dragon. No. I was the dragon. You were. And Serenity was the dragon. <laughs> I made a damn fine dragon. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, that was quite an exciting combat. Um, so it was 
actually pretty fraught watching, especially since one of your characters did recently die. Yep. Um, so as you were finding that, did you think that somebody was going to go down hard again this combat, or are you pretty confident you can make it out this time? Uh, I'm not gonna lie. For like the first, uh, for like the first round of the fight, I kind of mm -hmm. thought, okay, this is some sort of weird illusion. Like, oh, and then started breathing frost. Like, oh God, this is real. I was still trying to figure out a way, like if this is some sort of like I'm jacked into the matrix kind of illusion because everything else was. I'm like, no, no, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> oh, that dragon was really hurting me. Yeah, no, it, and it sucked. But I mean, there was some concern that someone was basically going to get eaten. I think but I'm just glad it did not happen. I don't know if I speak for everybody. I definitely think that was kind of, even talking about um, Cindric's death, I think that was the first like, oh shit moment of the campaign mm. of just like a mm. fool. Uh, um, what, what, what did we, what, how? Mm, mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't go into the fight thinking somebody would die. But as soon as Sinric pretty much almost outright died to the first frost breath, then I was kind of like, oh, we probably going to go down a few times in this fight. And in fact, kind of looked like Sinric was about to go down again at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I made that combat as a testament to see if the players would pick up on actually strategizing properly with their healers um and taking into account like it is supposed to be it was supposed to be a deadly encounter um and it's supposed yeah, to be difficult done. um but uh but if played properly uh it could be handled which they showed and so i, I think this time constantly using healing word or cure wounds or whatever to keep party members up even if they were to go down again the next round uh was was the saving grace of that fight and that was what it was meant meant for um is to see like do you continue on with this or oh, we'll just do as much damage as possible in a single turn and maybe mm -hmm. get to heal them next turn or do we spend that bonus action healing them uh, or action healing them to keep them from outright getting fried basically and they that's they did that it and that's work. yeah yeah exactly yay yay guys good job made the dream work and the you dream murdered that dying. dragon <laughs> okay i I'm have to save my plan for my cat, so I'll be back in one second. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. As we all know in nature, cats and plants are the deadliest of enemies. Yeah. More for the plants than for the cats. Although cats could eat plants that are poisonous. I wonder if the plant and then the is plants the would one... finally win. Yeah. Is this Toby my Venus fly trap? Was your cat eating it? Hmm. No. Um, but she likes to try and catch the bugs that are outside. Uh, so okay. she'll just be like <clears throat> all over the window. So she's knocked knocked it over, over several of my yeah. plants and yeah. killed them. Um, yeah, poor Toby. Okay, um, so Quinn at one point did try to talk the dragon down, tried to reason with it. Um, you gave a fighting chance and then you ended up being the one who killed it. Yeah. So were you being genuine or did you, were you just like, Oh shit, I don't actually want to fight this dragon. Um, it was kind of the same thing I was talking about a bit ago when I was saying that I did not know whether or not this was some sort of test mm -hmm. or whether or not this was real because in character literally just had a weird vision hallucination. Literally all of us, apparently almost all of us had a weird vision hallucination thing and then all of a sudden we are literally just 
transported to another thing. I didn't know if it was some sort of weird shared hallucination. So I figured, what's the harm in trying to talk it down when I really don't want to try and just blast the crap out of it and make it angry? Or, you know, it could work. Dumber things know. have worked. Never knows who you try. Pretty much. Yeah. So it wasn't so much not wanting to fight. It was trying to see if not fighting was an option. Was the right answer. Yeah. Which um, does make sense in context because in your visions, the previous game you had, um, or several of you at least had 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 the choice between like escalating something or de-escalating it essentially. Mm -hmm. So yep. yeah, and Smart. Yeah, specifically Smart. for Quinn, it was about being impulsive and actually taking a minute to think about what you're doing before doing it. So I kind of figured that would still be fresh in his head of maybe try to not kill the thing instead of just kill the thing. That makes sense. Quinn learns. <laughs> so having taken down a dragon together, do you think your party is going to be more confident going forward or the individual character is going to be more confident like, hey, yeah, we're badass dragon slayers or are you already pretty confident? And this is just um, confirmation that you are badass. I don't know how confident we were. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I can't I mean, speak for the other characters, but Oriana just sees this as an interesting story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, she's not a, a, a she's not a very bragging kind of person. She doesn't like, oh, oh, I've slain a dragon. Ha ha! What mm -hmm. have you done today? Um, she would be almost like shy about it. She would not bring it up in casual conversation. But she might write a a a piece about it. She might write like a poem or a music piece about it. Being a bard. Being a bard, yeah. I mean, that is what bards do. As bards do, yeah. That's what yeah. bards do. They, bards do, the bar they do the bard. barding. Yeah. <laughs> bards will bard. That's right. Yeah. I know. What about Quinn? How does he feel being a dragon slayer? Um, I mean... It's for him, it's probably all still just incredibly surreal because his entire life took like a complete pivot literally before the game started. Like the inciting incident that got him on the road was not long before play began. So like, how long has this been as far as game time? A uh, couple, uh, wait. Yeah, probably like just uh, you're in your like second week. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's a big topping to two weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is. Well, I mean, from session zero, it's probably uh, like a few more because it took you guys a, a, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks on the boat to get to yeah. Dash. So, uh, so you're probably like you guys at, le at least have been together probably closer to a month. But with the yeah. other, the rest of the groups, probably more like two weeks. Yeah. So this mm -hmm. has been a really weird month. You know, it's two been like. Weeks, yeah. It's been the weirdest January ever sort of thing. And um, he's sort of in the headspace of either this is real and this is absolutely crazy, or I'm insane. This is all some wild hallucination that I just can't escape. So either way, onward. <laughs> I think an attitude that a lot of us have right now in real life. Kind of, yeah. It's <laughs> 
art imitating you life know? right now. Doesn't it always? Okay, so overall, from the outside, not playing or DMing, it did seem like quite a tough fight. Um, now, I've been both a DM and a player, and it's been my experience that when you're a player, it always seems like you're two seconds away from a TP kill, from a total party kill, a TPK. And when you're a DM, it always seems like the players are three seconds away from from totally wasting this boss that you spent like two days designing. So I want to hear from Serenity, what was the fight like from your perspective? Um, there, uh, I was worried a little bit um, because of the the difficult terrain um and obviously and they tried as best as they could to spread themselves out um but uh a dragon's a dragon and it has a cone attack um and uh it was actually surprising like i know um sinric had like i think a, a negative two to his saves yeah. and, and attacks um yes. but he still has like a plus six or something like that plus six or seven um yeah. to his save and so um and so i was surprised when he rolled like a seven uh like he rolled like a almost like a natural one or something like that on his con save um i at least expected him to still succeed uh and so that initial damage worried me quite a bit um and uh and thankfully i didn't roll i think i forgot to roll the five to six recharge a couple of times which is good for for the party um yes. but i knew this was going to be a tough fight like i i meant for it to be difficult um that's why i gave them the short rest beforehand so that whoever could heal up from the previous encounter uh would have what they needed sort of to go into it um and i knew that this was a flying creature so uh it would have the ability to kind of move around a lot easier than the rest of the group so i knew it was going to be hard um i didn't think they would tpk on this uh i actually i there was the possibility that they could if they, like I said, if they didn't strategize and do and made the same mistakes that they had when Sidric was killed. Um, mm. But I was banking on the fact that like, they're not going to do this. They're not going to make the same mistake. They're going to learn from that and they're going to, to strategize better as a, as a group. And they honestly worked really well together. So, um, so I was happy like that it went the way that it did. I feel like that's code for Oriana. Never forget healing word. <laughs> I mean, even Quinn. Quinn was I mean, healing right after, like, pretty much every no, time I mean, he like, saw someone down, he he also healed. Like, the people who mm -hmm. should be healing yeah. were, were doing their job. Yeah, yeah, I meant, like, never replace that spell. Yeah. I mean, you could. But... Yeah, always or, keep it. Oriana was actually thinking about getting I mean, you could. but now... Yeah. <laughs> if Oriana did, the player would get punched. Well, Druid, has heal Druid potentially has healing, too, so... Yeah. So, it's just... it's handy to have two healers. Not, but yeah, no. For me, it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't like oh they're killing it so so mm -hmm. fast. It was actually there was a couple of turns where like they were doing no damage to it. And I was like mm -hmm. uh oh mm -hmm. this thing's yeah, pretty hardy. Uh, but then they, again they used their abilities like to the the best of their knowledge uh, to do some really good good stuff and did some pretty hefty damage to it. So it ended up working out really well. Yeah. Okay. Um. So after you guys slew the dragon, you then went on and had kind of secondary visions, kind of post-mortems to your initial visions, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Chad, can you tell us first a bit about what Quinn saw um, 
um, I mean, obviously we all saw it on the stream, but mm -hmm. kind of what he was thinking, because you received some pretty positive feedback from your vision woman um, and also a present. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal because the whole time he's been just very confused about what his place is in literally everything. Because uh, the way that I made him, he essentially went from being village fuck up just you know the guy who if he didn't die in some way that could be preceded by florida man people would be surprised mm -hmm. sort of thing to being some something completely different that even he never would have expected so like actually finding out that there is a reason for him to be doing something was a big deal you know since now he actually understands what's going on. And I mean, there's still a ton of questions that he has about everything as far as like other backstory stuff that I'm gonna get into probably actually this week. But um, this is because of the way the vision played out. He was literally told that if he can stick with the people that he's with, he can accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. So that being said, he needs to lay everything out for people. So like now he understands his place in the group and his place in actually what he is doing in the world itself. So Yeah, I think when um, he got some advice, but I think he got possibly the most positive po post-mortem of any of the characters or seemed like to me. Good job. Yay for me. <laughs> Yay for you. Okay. Um, Jake, I originally uh, wrote questions for Laura, so I'm just going to wing yours a bit. But, Oriana, you also have post-mortem. Um, you got taken to task a little bit in yours. Can you tell us about um, what Ori was thinking during that and after, and how that's, like, shaped her perception of what she's doing? But she didn't have one. Did she? <laughs> I'm just oh. joking. That's, that's okay. how his character played it. We'll talk Ori about that, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's check um, that too. The the second vision um, was a bit of a surprise for her. Mm -hmm. um, she was not expecting to see. Well, I don't know. Can I reveal who she saw? Oh yeah, I mean, I think it, well, everyone saw it on stream. So true, true. Yeah, Chad, cover um, your ears. <clears throat> no, he he'll know. She she <laughs> was a fine. little surprised to see Ayun. Um, she's never been a particularly religious person, so meeting a god is kind of like, well, how, oh, okay. Um, you know, she knew they existed. She read about them, understood their uh, tenants, I guess, for lack of a better term. But, you know, she never expected to meet a god. Mm -hmm. And to have the, the patron of what you admire most, which is knowledge and you know, reading and just magic in general, like all of the things that are core to Oriana basically tell you you're doing it wrong. Was eye opening. Um, because Oriana, not to get into too much detail, uh, ha has very specific issues in her past. And she hasn't put a lot of thought into what all of that means and based some of her choices so far off of what she perceived to be true. And to have a god basically tell you, 
you know there's more than one truth. You know there's more than one person's version of the truth is pretty eye-opening. Then a reality check there. A little bit of reality yeah. check. <laughs> yeah. On on the notes of Oriana's visions, do you want to share with us, um, without getting too much in the spoilers, why she chose to lie to her friends? Uh, panicking moment decision. She's never been really open about her her previous life, I guess you could call mm-hmm. it. Um, nobody's ever really inquired amongst the group. They've kind of just accepted the fact that she's this traveler and she's fine with that. And in that moment, realizing that everybody saw something similar for chance to what she saw, didn't really know how to respond to that or really deal with everybody suddenly asking her questions about her past. Mm-hmm. So she just lied and said nothing happened. You're like, yeah, didn't see anything. Yeah. No, she would have made no, up a more convincing lie, but she was put on so the spot. So just in the moment. Yeah, she was just put on the spot. Yeah. Um, so the episode before last, you all, of course, had your initial visions, which were perfectly tailored to be um, like a very deep moral quandary for all of your characters. So I want to hear from Serenity about like designing those, um, like how you went to these characters' backstories to like find the one scenario that would be like two equally um, viable solutions with different moral weights. I don't know. How would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because like I, I have their backstory stuff all weaved kind of into the campaign. I know sort of the, the story beats that are going to hit that are going to like reveal certain things. Um, and uh and some people, some people's stories will come sooner than than others. But there was this, you know, this trial, which is sort of their own personal sort of journey into who they are and uh, what where they're going and what path they choose to follow. Um, and I kind of most of the players, I think, pretty much every player has given me a little bit of free reign into their. Um, into their backstory. Yeah. So uh, there are certain things that they don't like. They may have made up a character, but they don't know who that character is um, in the world or what they've done. Um, sometimes they don't even know a name uh, and I've just made it up, you know. So um, so looking at the types of characters that they've created in the scenarios around them and sort of how who they wanted this person to be in the world as they're traveling, it was easy for me to kind of like pick certain things and I know my players pretty well so I was just able to like be like okay this is a this is a gonna be a difficult choice um or at least make them think um in one way or another uh and there were a few where I was pretty pretty sure which way they would go uh mm-hmm. there were a couple where I was a hundred percent like like Dobby was one where I was like he could have gone either way um so I was actually surprised to see the the decision that he mm-hmm. actually ended up making although he was very close to making a different one um uh Quinn a little bit uh but I kind of had a feeling um and I was almost ready to let him make the first decision because he kept interrupting me as I was like talking, uh, explaining the the scenario. Um, and I was just about, I was like, okay, this is the third time. Maybe I just let him just rush off into the, into the wild green yonder. Um, but but I was like, no, no, I'll finish it. I I spent all this time 
talking in character voices and stuff. Um, and uh, Sinric was actually pretty surprising for me. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, d I expected that to go differently. Um, but everyone else, and actually Baltaim a little bit, um, but given his character uh, and who he follows, that one, that one wasn't all that surprising but yeah I, I it was just pick it was just picking nitpicking certain things that i know about them and that they haven't fully fleshed out and seeing mm -hmm. based on the knowledge that they have now what what would they end up choosing you know awesome okay now we are going to move on to our main topic tonight which is the very broad topic of character alignments something everyone has to pick um, for most D&D games. I've never played one where we didn't have to pick a character alignment. Everybody thinks a lot about it. Everybody's got opinions about character alignments. Now we're going to learn everybody's opinion on this Zoom call. Can you guys hear my neighbor? Okay. Um, so um, first question is, what would everyone say their go-to alignment is? Like, what do you generally gravitate towards when you're creating a new character? I don't think I have made a character yet that was not chaotic good. <laughs> Because if, I mean, if you actually go by those weird alignment memes that keep popping up on the internet, I keep going for the one that's basically Han Solo. Like, I'm going to eventually do the right thing, but I may punch somebody in the face first. I like the Kin one, personally, to explain all the different flavors of good. Have you guys seen that? Oh, which one? The Kitten. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. <laughs> I thought that was a really good way to explain the different flavors of goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, so why do you think you gravitate towards chaotic good so much? I think just because I feel like if I'm going to go, if I go lawful good, I'm basically going to end up being like 1930s Superman. <laughs> not, like not even like the Superman that's loosened up a little bit. I mean, the super, <laughs> like the original run there is there is definite good there is definite bad morally gray areas aren't even a thing you know it's just right is right wrong is wrong i like original flavor superman personally but i do too but i mean it's like it, i feel like it would be depending on what kind, of, what kind of character i end up playing it might end up being weirdly restricting and i haven't gone for I haven't been able to come up with a character that would have an absolute moral code, like something that's ingrained of this is the thing that makes me do whatever it is I do. You know? mm -hmm. like, I feel like I don't know, if my first experiment with a lawful good character would probably have to be a paladin just so I could help remind myself this is the stuff I'm supposed to do because if I don't, my deity's going to get pissed and then take Naughty, away my Naughty. <laughs> That's always the risk of the paladin. Yeah. Yeah. Jake, what about you? Uh, I think my default is usually neutral good. Um, sometimes I go into chaotic good a little bit, but usually I go for some flavor of good. Um, usually just what makes the most sense for the character. Um, I've had a few chaotic neutrals. Um, one or two evils, but not really. I, I, us I usually like playing a hero. I don't like playing a bad guy, usually. So I think unless it was like an all evil campaign, I don't think I wouldn't play an evil character. Isn't it all a matter of perspective? A little. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> sometimes. It depends. Sometimes, sometimes. 
but yeah. 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 I mean, for me, but it's, I, uh, it's, I, I play everything. Um, it, my, my alignment is based on my back, my backstory and who the character is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't really have a go-to. Um, generally I try not to stray evil because in a good party, it's like hard very difficult. Well, I mean, it's just really hard. Cause if like I could play it, but it's at the, like at some point in the campaign, the evil person is going to fuck the entire group over and either it works out, which for me, which is great. But then all the other players are like, wow, you're an <laughs> asshole. Wow um, for any, wow. Yeah, you know, like, and then it's just like not fun for them and you just kind of like screwed their fun. Or like I've been in the same position where I'm playing like a good character and there's like an evil person and then eventually you find out and the entire party just like PVPs them and they're, and mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, well that's like, your character's kind of taken out. Um, so I generally only do it in, in a group if, if it like makes sense and I can really weave mm -hmm. it into the story. But, um, but I'm, I've done everything. Um, I generally don't do a lot of lawful only because it's hard to do it in like most of the parties that I've ever played with are super chaotic. And so being the lawful person is very hard to, to have that direction and stay lawful while everyone else is just like fucking around and like doing not great things sometimes, or like, like choicey things that like a lawful person wouldn't do. Um, so it just depends on the party, but yeah, it's it's generally like I've done everything from like true neutral to um to like chaotic neutral to lawful lawful neutrals fun actually I don't mind lawful neutral having like your own more like moral code um mm -hmm. but kind of being a little selfish in in how you perceive the world so yeah yeah I think lawful neutrals a very interesting <laughs> and underused um, alignment <clears throat> yeah have to play it soon um. Yeah, I think I, I think I actually also tend to default like Jake and um, Chad. I think I do more chaotic good characters than anything else, or at least I start there um, and flip side one way or another. But I think I've also played like the full gamut of yeah. different characters because I just like to experiment with characterization, honestly. Yep. Yeah. Yay. Um, okay, so with. Um, Jake and Chad, with recurring characters in this campaign, why that alignment? Um, I feel like I, I well, because I, you know, I ended up going chaotic good again on this one. I feel like it's because it's him just sort of struggling to remember to do the right thing, because um, one of the things that I kind of base part of his characterization on is I rolled absolute balls for charisma mm -hmm. and it's the it's the one stat i got a negative in so i just try to interpret that as he's got the marty mcfly problem of you know being a bit quick to act and quick to anger you know like if you challenge him and say that you, he can't do something he's like you fucking bet i can and i will right now go and, and then he gets punched in the face by the head of the temple yes that exact <laughs> thing that's that's part of why he was doing that um but it's more like he's just trying to remember to do the right thing as opposed to just doing the thing he wants to do or the thing that he would just normally do, which is just knee jerk reaction of I'm going to go over there. I'm going to punch that guy because he insulted me. I'm going to, you know, just do the thing I feel like doing because that's just how he had been mostly before. Interesting. 
about Oriana? Um, Oriana is neutral good. Um, without going into too much spoilers, she's been what you would consider lawful. And she's had her eyes open to what like freedom is and freedom of choice. So I didn't mm -hmm. want to make her chaotic because she's not, she's not this like, oh, I am unbound by the rules of society kind of thing. But she's also no longer this like, oh, this is how everything works. Mm -hmm. I'm a part of the system. So I wanted her to be this kind of middle ground on neutral. Mm -hmm. um, with the idea that she's probably going to lean a little more towards chaotic as time goes on, but that's more of just like, let's see what happens with it. Yeah. Especially, especially after the vision, we'll see if that ends up going <laughs> back towards lawful or continues towards chaos. We'll see. Visions change everything. Uh, Serenity, obviously you don't play a single character in this campaign, um, but can you tell us like a little bit in general? You said you choose your alignments based on backstory. Do you ever like just pick an alignment that you think you would want to play then sort of fit a backstory to that? Or is no, it always the other way around? It's always the other way around. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it's it's always backstory and who the character is. Um, and then it's like based on who they are, uh, are they slightly more selfish? Um, or do they do they go by their own like moral code? Uh, do they follow, you know, um, do they follow some specific faith or guidance? Uh, like, you know, any, like, how are they brought up? Uh, who, you know, do they grow up in a, a good home or around a good family or in, in you know, in poor, poor circumstances, um, fending for themselves, like that kind of stuff. And then, and then the, the alignment will fit with that. And then also sometimes I think about maybe their alignment has shifted over the years, like as they've grown up as well. So, um, so yeah, I, I never fit anything to, uh, to like, I want to play a chaotic good character. Therefore, here's the, the idea that I'm coming up with. It's here's the idea here's the I have. Backstory, yeah. yeah, here's the idea I have. I think this is, leans towards chaotic good. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so do you guys think there are right and wrong ways to play your alignment? I think the I think the general wisdom is that you should play your alignment in a way that's fun for everyone else to play with. But I want to hear people's opinions. I wouldn't say there's a right or wrong way to play your alignment because you don't necessarily have to play your alignment. You're playing your character, and sometimes the character changes and grows, and the alignment shifts because of that. Um, like, I never think about, oh, Oriana's neutral good. How would a neutral good person react to this? I just think, how would Oriana react to this? Um, that being said, yes, you could say, you know, it's not a lawful good thing to say, screw the laws of society. Um... But I think, I think it's a little bit backwards. It's it's you play the character, not the alignment. Yeah, I think as far as a wrong way to play alignment, I think that only falls into if if you are playing a character that is supposed to be, it, it that you've decided they're supposed to be good or they're supposed to be evil and they start doing the exact opposite of what that character would do. It's not really, 
it, it's not really playing the alignment, but if I set out to make Rachel Ghoul, I make a lawful evil eco-terrorist <laughs> whose basic code is the world is out of balance because people have fucked up nature way too many times and we need to remove a good percentage of them and start over in perfect balance. And if that's the goal, then doing things that would not be in line with that goal wouldn't make any sense for him. So it's like, it's this whole thing of, this is my goal that I'll accomplish at, at any cost. But instead of doing the thing that furthers my ends, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to build an orphanage for no good reason. You know, like it's the thing that if this is what you've decided you're making, why would you do that sort of mm -hmm. situation? I think for for me, it's never um, like the only time I've ever had like a wrong way to play in alignment is when a person isn't willing to see why that's shifted. Like I've had people who play lawful good and then they do something unlawful or against the code that they've set for themselves. And it's like, OK, well, your alignment's shifted. You're no longer lawful good. You're chaotic good because you just said, fuck, fuck the rules and did whatever you want. And then the person comes back and says, no, I'm still awful good. It's like, well, no, you're, you're not. It doesn't mean that your character's changed. It doesn't mean you can't play your character anymore, but it means that you're, you're not following the rules that you set out for yourself initially. And here's why this, this has shifted. So I don't think there's like, again, like a, a wrong way to play something. It's understanding the boundaries of which that alignment sort of sets itself uh, apart from the others and if you want to stick with that how how would your character keep that you know moral compass that they have or that code that they adhere to or, or whatnot um or you know if it's a uh, you know if they're going to be selfish or if they're going to <clears throat> do something to the detriment of a large number of people then that's probably something pretty evil like then maybe you change to evil maybe you redeem yourself at some point but like it, it's just understanding that like choices change who you who you are and sort of where you balance on the scales and that that ebbs and flows my the thing that i like the most is when an alignment shifts and the person kind of takes a step back and goes oh well shit yeah i realize <laughs> like what i just did and why my alignments shifted like that's exciting for me like it's happened for me and my characters and i'm like yeah i realized that the things that i've been doing not chaotic good pretty chaotic neutral <laughs> um i've shifted my alignment for that because i like i, I realized that and i'm like okay if i want to go back to chaotic good i'm gonna have to do some other things to like get there so um that's kind of the exciting thing for me but i don't think there's a right or wrong way to play it yeah I don't know, the crew that I came up with who like taught me how to role play the first time around, this was before I met Serenity, um, they were very strict about things like alignments. It was like, okay, if you, and it wasn't, it wasn't D&D, it was a different system. It was like, okay, if you are a bad character with these character traits, you need to play those all the time forever. And you better have a very good narrative reason for not doing that. Otherwise we'll yell at you, literally. Doesn't sound like a fun. <laughs> No, not fun. Um, but I think that I think that sort of stuck with me because I tend to agree more with Chad and sort of it was what Serenity was saying, which is if you pick an alignment for your character, you should usually try to do things that um, are in that alignment. It's okay if your alignment shifts, but you should be aware that if your if you are a lawful good character and you're just going to like murder somebody with no recourse without giving them a chance to surrender or whatever then you're maybe not playing lawful good yeah <laughs> that's my opinion. I, yeah and i i also yeah. think like um 
it you have to have a, a like for me it's it's really jarring if you don't have a narrative reason as to like mm-hmm. why that shift has happened like if certain things have happened in the story that have like shifted why your character maybe your character no longer no longer believes in that code maybe their faith has been shattered maybe you know their god has not been answering their call whatever and so they're like you know what fuck this like i've got to take matters into my own hands to me that that and then you go off you know your character goes off and does something that is against the stereotype of of where their alignment is that to me is organic change mm-hmm. and and um makes narrative sense if you're just like in a group and you're a lawful good character and the rest of the group is like yeah we're just gonna murder hobo this person and you're just like oh well the rest of the group is doing it so i guess and your character does not stand up and say like no no, no i'm not mm-hmm. letting this happen that's to me like uh not a great way of playing a character like you either stand by who, who you are or maybe you're not playing the character you thought you were yeah and I think there is a certain amount of muddling of character that happens, like for the greater good of keeping the party together on occasion. But it's a balancing act, really. Okay. Um. Doo, doo, doo. Okay. But sort of like jumping off of what Jake said earlier, do you think that the concept of alignment can stifle roleplay if people take it too seriously, or do you think it's a useful tool to have to kind of just remember what your character would do, or should that just come innately? from your mental concept of your character. I think it's useful as a, as just a, as a reminder, you know, mm-hmm. like if you're going to say your character is like, if you're going to say your character is one particular alignment, then just think of the reason in your head first of why is that, you know, and what does that actually mean for them? Like whenever you like, because, you know, like Serenity was saying, when it's, if it's all based off of, whatever the backstory is that you've come up with, then once you get to the end of that and you decide, okay, well, I got to check this box on this form now, I will say they are neutral evil. Just as long as it ties into what you had said that they were, then that would, as long as it makes sense, then that would be a reminder of, okay, well, just to keep them on this path, this is basically what they would do. This is kind of who they are. But then it, I don't think it really does stifle necessarily unless you get into the whole thing of lawful because I interpret lawful as there are specific rules there's a specific code these are things you have to do these are things you have to abide by so other than that I yeah I wouldn't say it stifles much it's just a matter of using it as a more of like a signpost I think it can I think if it, yeah I, I think if it stifles your gameplay you're you're getting a little too obsessed with it yeah. Um and I do think it, it it is also a reminder. You know, if I'm having trouble thinking of what would Oriana do in this situation, I double check her backstory, I look at her alignment, I you know, read her you know, it treats fate uh it features traits and whatever that bonds, bonds, flaws bonds, bonds, mm-hmm. flaws, ideals, yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Um the trains, planes, and automobiles, yeah, we got it. <laughs> um you know, and that's like a helpful reminder of like, uh, okay, so I don't know what this character would do. Looking at all this, she, they would probably do this. Um, it's a helpful reminder, but I, yeah, back to what like I originally said. If it's stifling the gameplay, you're thinking too much about it. And I think it can. Like with the example that you just came up with where you literally were playing with people who are like, okay, if you choose neutral evil, 
You got to You better be fucking Vecna, because, like, that's <laughs> how you play it. Uh, he's neutral evil. Yeah. Like, that's what he does. Um, like, I think, I think... For me, like I said, it's 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 a guideline to help to help you understand like who do you want this character to be. Um, but at the end of the day, at least when I'm DMing, it's yeah, you make the choices you make in the game. And at the end of the at the end of the session, if you've done something that's against the alignment that you chose for yourself, I'll just tell you your alignment's shifted. And and like I said, that I think is more of a an eye opener for a player. Like oh. When did that happen? How did that happen? Oh, it was this decision. Like, I, I see why. Mm -hmm. um, and then they kind of have to go back and realize, like, who is this character becoming? Like, why are they, why are they changing? Like, what is, why, why are their decisions, you know, becoming a, a certain way? Um, and, and why are they treating others in, in certain respects? So, um, so yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's more of a, like a little fun tool uh, to poke the players with if they start to, you know, decide to go off rails, like hardcore uh, of who they are and kind of reel them back in and like, is the, is this direction you actually want to go with this person? And if it is fine, but here's what's, here's where you are kind of thing. I think of alignment. Um, do you remember, Jake, you were, you were on for the accent episode, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember um, what we talked about with like the sentence that you say to get into your accent? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I think I kind of think of alignment like that. Like, because as you're playing as a character, like you're sort of like split in two minds. Like you're thinking um, your character, but you're also strategizing as you, the person. So occasionally you can get those two mixed up. I think of alignment as kind of a way not to meta in that way, because you understand that what your character might do might not be the smartest strategy at the moment. So I think reference. I think that's a good place to reference alignment and also your values and bonds and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I can see the value in it in, mm -hmm. that, in that way. Yeah, cool. Okay, now I want to talk about playing more problematic alignments, like chaotic neutral, like all the evils, because um, they can be fun, but they can also be hard to fit into a party. So I want to hear from you guys, like how you think. Um, people who are playing those alignments can fit into a party that might not necessarily all be aligned with them, but how to make that make sense, how to have them not die or betray the party like the first game, how to have a functional party with an evil character or a chaotic neutral character. Um, I had, there was one uh, home game that I, that I used to DM. Uh, one of the people that was in it, she was playing a, a centaur who was true neutral. And unfortunately, the way she interpreted and played that was, I don't really want to do much of anything. Like, True lazy. Kind of, almost. But <laughs> more like she, she didn't want to go on the, whatever the adventure was. Like, I remember there was one that I set up that, like the seamstress in this town, they've been you know, doing business with just like a young girl whose boyfriend had gone missing. And... She was just asking, like, as a favor to a friend, go find him because he, like, supposedly took work with a mercenary company and just, you know, to try and get some money for some reason and has not come back. And her response, oh, okay, well, that was his choice. He's, he's gone now. You should just accept this and move on with your life. I almost had to roll stats for this girl to make her go off and take care of business herself. 
I was this close to having to sit there like, all right, I'm gonna roll, I'm gonna roll four d six a few times. Just give, wait, give me, give me, do some math, you know. Just give me a sec. <laughs> I have to do math. I'm making her a rogue. But um, it was that was problematic because of the way she chose to play. Mm-hmm. See, I would call that one of the worst um, ways to play a true neutral character. In general, I think my concept of what's a bad way to play is just are you ruining other people's fun in that case she was kind of like cock blocking people from getting at the plot i mean a little bit yeah a little bit yeah i I mean you know as far as you know the person who played the character i you know love her to death she was in my wedding for god's sake Mm -hmm. but as far as that it's, it's one of those things where you're looking down at all the dice you have and you're thinking which one could i throw across the table at her to just make her stop it which one's the pointy one (laughs) i mean i think i think a lot of parties can have chaotic neutral characters um a chaotic neutral like a a chaotic neutral character still has goals for themselves Mm -hmm. they're just not going to be the one who goes out of the they, they might not be the one who goes out of their way to like help someone for no reason um that doesn't mean to say that they just like are like fuck everything i'm not going to do anything but they're not the one who's going to be the one who steps necessarily steps up to take the quest or to uh to go off but generally like i mean most people in a group um are going to go along with like the group if it makes sense for their character. So like, if it's like, oh, well the rest of the group, you know, like I have X thing I want to do, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it, you know, the next day because the group wants to go save the village from the village from goblins or whatever. Like maybe they're like, yeah, I, this this is really what I want to do. But then a, a lot of people who play the chaotic neutral will then try to use their skills to weasel their way into something more for themselves. I.e. like, can I persuade the person who's asking us to do this to give us more money? Because then that helps me. Um, and so I think there's a lot of ways to like play a, a chaotic, like neutral character or even like an evil character. Again, maybe they figure out a way to sort of like smarmy manipulate their way <laughs> higher up the ranks of a, of a city by like doing this job, but don't tell the rest of the group. They're like, okay, we'll do this for you, but I want X, Y, Z thing because that will come around, you know, 10 levels from now when I need to call in that favor. <laughs> um, and so I think that there are ways to play those characters and to in- integrate them into the group. You just have to under understand the type of character that you're trying to play. Like, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think you, can't have a chaotic neutral character in a group of all good people you can you just have to you know be careful about how you play that character and know like the other characters that are around you i.e if you have a lawful good paladin and you want to go steal that thing your sleight of hand better be really fucking good so that they don't notice what you're doing or you do it or you do it when they walk out walk out of the shop and you stay back and you take something off the shelf or do whatever you know what i'm saying so there are ways to do it i don't think um, and, and they're fun, like chaotic neutrals, uh, mm-hmm. a fun one. Cause you can't, I'm generally a good person in, in life. Um, I think I'd probably be in jail if I tried to be a little chaotic neutral IRL. Um, <laughs> but it's fun to play in, uh, in fantasy cause you know, my characters are generally a lot better at being stealthy or doing shitty things or being persuasive or whatever than I actually am in real life. So 
I've never had a neutral aligned character that was a, like a bad fit, like the like what you guys were talking about with chaotic neutral and the true neutral. Um, but I have had problems with characters who are evil, um, and I have one friend who played a necromancer cleric in a game mm-hmm. I ran. Um, you guys don't know him, uh, <laughs> IRL friend, uh, and he played this character this character was evil but they were very jovial very happy and the whole thing was is that they had like this secret personal desire with death and undeath and studying it and raising dead things and all that and i i ended up talking to him about it once and he explained it to me in the perfect way you can play an evil character in a good party you don't have to eat the babies to be evil (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, was, he, was he lawful evil or neutral evil? I think he was neutral evil. Mm-hmm. Um, we only ended up playing a few sessions with that because the, the party just, there were IRL conflicts and we just never got back together. Um, but yeah, he, he worked in a crypt, tended the dead, and sometimes secretly ate dead bodies and raised them. Like you do. <laughs> You know, you get bored on a Saturday night and yeah. hey. Yeah. I, bite. I think the one alignment that's probably hard to put into like just any party that's not full evil is chaotic evil. Yeah. Because chaotic Honestly, evil even, people generally yeah. just do evil shit to do evil shit. They're like, yeah, fuck everything. I'm j- gonna kick that puppy. I'm, yeah. There's a, there's a house. There's a demon there. I'm gonna throw a fireball. Fuck the people that are in the house. I still killed the I killed the thing. Um, and I, I think that that's like generally like a, a chaotic evil person is very difficult to like introduce into a, a non-evil party. Whereas the neutral evil person or the the lawful evil, you can just have a dark secret. Might yeah, mm-hmm. will either have a dark secret or might throw fire and accidentally burn the house. Uh, oh, no. But they're not just gonna blow it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's there's like certain things that you do as a as a neutral evil person to get ahead um, for yourself for your own selfish desires or goals versus like a chaotic evil person who's just like I want the world to burn and I want you to watch mm-hmm. it with me kind of thing. So yeah, that's actually my last question. Do you guys think it's possible to have a chaotic um, evil character that can be functional in a party? Because honestly, I think even in a full evil party might not work out because they're doing the whole thing. The other evil characters might have an evil goal that they're working towards. You've got this one wild card Joker who's just like, hey, I'm going to throw some orphans in a fire. Sorry, guys. I know you were doing something. This is more fun. It's fun. It's fitting that you use the word Joker because I Mm -hmm. think of this in terms of the Legion of Doom. There's a reason the Joker is not part of any supervillain group for longer than five minutes. He is for like, he is briefly, if ever, from just what I remember off the top of my head. Like, I know I've seen him, I've seen him get roped into a group for like a story, but like, as far as any kind of long standing thing, he's there just long enough, but then it falls apart sometimes because he's too crazy and too unpredictable. And I'm, I'm actually actually something that um, guy that wrote on 
comes from him, Danny O'Neill said about the Joker is he will walk up to you in the street and he will either kill you because he doesn't like your shoes or give you a million dollars because he doesn't like your shoes. And it's literally, you do not know what the stimulus is going to produce. So it's hard to put that kind of a person in any kind of group dynamic because if you're counting on him to murder Hobo, that's when he's going to try diplomacy. If you're counting on him for diplomacy, that's when he's going to just start a fire in the kitchen. And not the kitchen you want either, a different kitchen. No, a kitchen down the street of yeah, uh, just, street. you know, some poor restaurant. Not the, not the kitchen of like the evil baron of the town, but you know, like some little tavern down the way that just got his order wrong one time. Fireball. I'll teach those fuckers. Yeah, actually thinking of the Joker specifically, I think he's partnered up with like Batman as much as any other villain. Like it's really hard to predict what he'll do. Exactly. And so it's like you, you can't really put him in the in the team dynamic because in a team of some kind, you have to be able to rely on other people to <laughs> fill a role of some kind and do a job of some kind. And if the one wild card is doing everything but that means everybody else has to either pick the slack or they just lose out whenever that thing is they're supposed to do. Unless that job is just be the biggest shit disturber you possibly can and create all the chaos you possibly can, you're not going to get what you paid for out of that one slot. Teamwork makes the dream work. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, I think you, 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 you can, but you have to play it very selectively. Like, I would say, like, if you look at, like, the Joker or, like, Thar's Dune, they're at like the extreme. If you're looking at like right and left from like lawful to chaotic and like good to evil, they're at like the extreme like end of evil chaotic. Um, whereas like they don't, they don't have like rhyme or reason. They just, they just do like they're impulse, they're, they have like no impulse control basically. Um, but I think if you look at like there are chaotic evil entities that still strategize and you aren't just completely batshit mad um that like if you look at like lolf she's chaotic evil but there's a method to her madness and there are ways that she does things and how she manipulates and she could definitely work with a group she'd just have we be weaving her her threads against everyone all in the background and you'd have to be very good at do doing that and yes at some points you would you would make the chaotic choice of like I'd, like in this instance, I don't care. I just want to do something freely, but it wouldn't necessarily be to the detriment in that moment of the group. But likely your machinations are going to lead to you being on top and everyone else suffering. Um, and that's like true. Like that's that's a like chaotic evil in a, in a core. I think you can play it in an evil group. I think it's really hard to do in a in a good group without like literally rolling high fucking deceptions all the time um and like no one knowing what you're doing um but i i think it can be done i just think it's very it's very very hard because i think there are scales of like cha chaotic what chaotic cha chaotic evil can be but, yeah there are different types of chaotic yeah. evil uh i i think chaotic evil could fit in an evil group too uh hard to fit into a group uh, a good group but the only way you would make it work you just need to make sure you're not being chaotic stupid um, there are people who think chaos is just, well, I do what I want when I want. Well, yeah, but you still have a goal in mind, usually. Even the Joker has a goal. He might not have a plan, but he's got a goal. 
and you're not going to sabotage yourself on your on your way to your goal. Interesting. Thank you for your views. Um, that actually takes us right up to 7 p.m. my time, and well, 10. like 10 your time, yeah, 10. So that's all our time. Thank you guys for watching. What's the damage? For the third week in a row, we're growing, we're becoming a uh, bigger network, more steady stuff. Thank you. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm sorry. It's, it's been it's all good. a few weeks and a, a day. day. Yeah. 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 These past few months have been the longest 50 years. Basically. What day is it again? Maybe Tuesday. Yeah. But that's not, time might be fake. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Is time real? We don't know. Oh it was a construct we all just agreed to yeah. one day without realizing what we were signing up for. Right. Right? Oh, I get out of this contract. Um, anyway, thank you, guys. Have a good night. We will see you next week on Tuesday. Make sure to tune in on Friday for the next episode of Roll for Damage. Have a good night. We love you. See you all. Bye. 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 Bye.